You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. It's your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today. First, we'll talk about our NFL Week 13 reactions. A little bit about the NBA. Interesting topic on Snoop Dogg and what he's looking to do. And we have a very intriguing uh, discussion on this upcoming NBA season. But first, let's go ahead and go with our Week 13 NFL reaction. Packers went ahead and beat the Eagles 30-16. to Aaron Rodgers threw for 295 yards, three touchdowns. And the interesting discussion point that really came out of this game was the fact that the Eagles went ahead and benched Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and brought in Jalen Hurts. Very interesting move especially considering the Eagles organization owes Carson Wentz a whole lot of money next year. So, and I would just say the Eagles still have the opportunity to even win the division, but I, the way they're looking, I just don't know about all that. I'll say this about the Packers. They beat yet again, an inferior opponent. And I'm really hoping that they're really putting the pieces together here. I know that they got a new wide receiver, somebody else on the defensive line. We talked about that in last week's podcast. Uh, Fans, go ahead and check it out. But facing these inferior opponents, I'm just really hoping that it's really uh, allowing the Packers to build for the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Nothing really uh, big here. Aaron Jones ran the ball, had a huge 77-yard run, but he ran for 15 carries for 130 yards. So the run game was pretty good there. So we'll we'll see what happens with the Packers moving forward. Devontae Adams, 10 receptions for 121 yards. When you look at any other receiver, Alan Lazard had 50 yards. Aaron Rodgers threw for his 400th career touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. Ironically enough, Devontae Adams caught his 200th career touchdown pass. Very interesting, very good uh, game. But here again, inferior opponent. We'll see what happens with the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, The other item that was very intriguing to me, Danny, was I just so happened to start working out. And I noticed at the bottom, the ticker there, the New York Jets was on the verge of beating the Las Vegas Raiders. But then I also saw that the Las Vegas Raiders had the ball. I turned it to that game. I saw that Carr threw the pass to Ruggs, man. And it was just unbelievable because the play before, uh, they went deep. It, it was unsuccessful. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, the defense, the just defense have got to play better. They have to do something different because it's the end of the game. Yeah. The only way the Raiders are going to win is if they basically throw almost a Hail Mary type pass. I'm thinking, okay, the defense is going to change and 
you know, Jets were going to win their first game. No. Jets played the same as that defense where they blitzed one-on-one covers on the on the uh on the receivers. Runs with that what four two speed, four two five <laughs> speed. This is this is what I'm talking about, Danny. I've been talking about this for a long time that the Packers need a speedy receiver because yeah. when you have a speedy receiver, you can do some things like what the Raiders did win a game on one-on-one coverage, just throw the ball up. And what happens? He throws the ball up and they win the game. And next thing you know, on Monday, the Jets fire the defensive coordinator, (laughs) Greg Williams. So that was the other thing that really stood out for me. How about you, Danny? Well, Jason, my Atlanta Falcons fell this week to the New Orleans Saints, 21-16. And the Falcons had their opportunities. They had their opportunities to win this game. The defense played as well as they could. The offense just didn't bring it. They're out of sync. For those of you who did watch, there was an interesting play at the end of the game where Matt Ryan threw a Hail Mary and the ball got bounced around. But the ball hit the ground with one second left. But then the refs called the game off. So technically, they should have had one more play or one more shot at a Hail Mary. But we didn't get that. But They didn't deserve it anyway, the way they played on the offensive end. An interesting statistic of from the Falcons in the last three weeks. Their kicker has outscored their offense 38 to 30. Please tell me you sympathize with me right now. 38 to 30, man. So that's telling you a couple things. One, he's a great kicker and he's coming to his own. He struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season, which cost them at least two games. But now he's solid. But then the offense can't score in the red zone. This week, we have the showdown of my Atlanta Falcons and my Los Angeles Chargers adopted team this year. So somebody has to win, Jason, in this showdown. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Julio is not playing this week. And he's starting to scare me a little bit where he's breaking down, man. Those hamstrings. He's just having these soft tissue injuries where Mm -hmm. every so often – you know, he, he looks like his former self, former self, but now he's aging. Mm-hmm. And Matt Ryan has flashes, but then there's flashes where he just looks terrible. That being said, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm probably the only one in the United States of America that I'll be <laughs> tuning in to the Atlanta Falcons-Los Angeles Chargers game, but I will check it out. And one other thing of note this week was the Pittsburgh Steelers losing their first game this week to the Washington football team. 23-17. That game showed a couple things. One, Pittsburgh is having an issue running the ball. There were some questions about is Ben Roethlisberger choosing to pass over running the ball? Because he's thrown the ball a couple times these last couple weeks over 50 times. And the receivers are dropping the ball. They had a ton of drops again this week. So kudos to the Washington football team and Ron Rivera getting those boys to play. Their defense is actually pretty good. Pretty good. One of those games where you got the feeling in that second half where it's like, uh uh-oh, Pittsburgh isn't doing anything. They're not putting any drives together. And then lo and behold, man, Washington football team came and tripped them up. So I'm going to tell you this, even though the Washington football team and the New York Giants are 5-7, and their defenses are starting to play. It's starting to come around. And if those defenses are hitting those boys hard in those winter months, they may be able to steal a game in the playoffs until I see who they play. I'm not calling that yet, but 
Those defenses are actually playing really well. Cool. Now let's go get into a little bit of the NBA. Just a little NBA talk as the NBA preseason is starting. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me just say, I cannot wait. Uh, I did watch preseason game games yesterday, and it was so comforting and enjoying to watch, man. I can't lie. While we're on the verge of a new NBA season, I mean, there's just a whole lot of news that's happening. We have James Harden in the Houston Rockets situation in where James Harden has yet to show up to the training camp with a new head coach and new teammate. And ironically enough, the Houston Rockets did play their first preseason game against the Chicago Bulls, uh, where Houston Rockets did win that game. John Wall looked absolutely amazing coming off of a Achilles tendon tear. And I think he had another another injury. So he hasn't played in like ACL. almost two years, ACL. He hasn't played in like two years, but he looked absolutely great. There's just a whole lot of rumors flying around right now about James Harden and where he's going to go mm-hmm. uh, play. First, it was the Brooklyn Nets. That would have, in my opinion, would have been straight chaos, especially when you have a star or superstar that of Kyrie Irving not speaking to the media and putting out his own statement. And so had James Harden gone to the Brooklyn Nets and all the chaos that could have ensued, Mm -hmm. maybe actually Kyrie Irving not talking to their press at that particular moment in time may have probably could help because there's no telling what Kyrie would have said if James Harden would have been there and not getting the ball or taking the last shot or whatever the case may be. But that doesn't seem to be the case where James Harden's going to go to Brooklyn Nets. There's another rumor that he's going to the Philadelphia 76ers. And then there's the rumor in where James Harden has said he wouldn't mind playing in Milwaukee. I don't know how that's going to happen because the Milwaukee Bucks really don't have a whole lot of, quote unquote, inventory or assets, however you want to put it, to trade back to the Houston Rockets. Not unless they, in my opinion, include Middleton, Dante DiVincenzo, some draft picks, whatever the case may be. I don't think the Bucks would even do that, especially with our culture the way it is. I don't know if James Harden would fit in the culture. Yep. And what I mean by that is the basketball culture that Giannis is trying to establish for the organization. So I don't know how that would really shake out. This, so, so this is really interesting about what's happening in the NBA, man. What about you, Danny? What are your thoughts? So- so a couple things here, Jason. One on the Harden topic. If it were, if the Bucks were involved, I think it would have to be a third team included in a trade. Middleton would have to be the piece. His contract yep. would line up. Yep. And then, like you said, it would probably be similar to what they're going to send to Sacramento, but it'll be Middleton, Dante, DJ Wilson, and a pick or a future, or two future picks for Harden. But what it sounds like is Houston's playing hardball with these teams to say like. Not, it was a rumor that they're requesting Ben Simmons, where for Philadelphia, that would be crippling, in my opinion. I think Ben Simmons, you want to keep him and get rid of Embiid if you brought Harden in, because Ben Simmons would fit better, in opinion, because he can facilitate, set up Harden better, versus Embiid wants to shoot. So Embiid wants to shoot, Harden wants to shoot, <laughs> and they don't even like each other. So that's the other thing with all of these different rumors. Every place he wants to go, Giannis and Harden – don't haven't mix. liked each other in the past. Don't mix. And beating hard, don't like each other. Don't mix. The Nets, I just think it would be a, like you said, it would be a circus. And the other team you mentioned was the Miami Heat. Mm, no way. He didn't want to work like that. 
I was going to say that that's not his, that's not his style. And Jimmy, but it goes back what you said about Giannis. Jimmy Butler's doing the same thing, establishing a culture. His is his way of the highway type of deals. Very interesting when that came out about the Bucks and Heat. But one thing of note, Giannis hasn't really said much in these last couple of days. He had his first media day and he's deflecting the whole max contract. So this is where it gets interesting because he is talking about playing with all these different players. And locally, Middleton's been the one out front so far with the media. Everything's been around Middleton and kind of leaving Giannis to the side, leaving, mm-hmm. letting him be. Mm-hmm. So if they were to think of even trade Middleton, I'll be curious how that would impact the culture. You bring in Harden, I don't know how it would fit. And would Giannis truly want that? Does he truly want Harden over Middleton? Who would really want Harden? I mean, you, you would have to have a system that is conducive to dribble, 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 one-on-one basketball. Now, I'm not taking anything away from James Harden and his skill level, him working on his craft, because he is he's mm-hmm. very skilled. But you have to have the right offensive scheme to put him in so that way he can really showcase his skills and how he worked on his craft. I don't think the Bucks offense, and we'll see later on this evening because the Bucks do play their first preseason game. I don't know who they're going to play or who's going to sit they play out. Dallas. Play Dallas. That's going to be awesome to see Luca too. But it depends upon how they play, who play, how you know how many minutes. But I don't think the Bucks offense is conducive to the skills that James Harden offers, unless James Harden is is willing to sacrifice a little bit. Yep, he he has in to. his game, and he has it. But I think he has to, if he's trying to get out of here or out of Houston, he has to conform to wherever he goes. So he mentioned rumors, allegedly, that if he went to Brooklyn, he's cool with playing off the ball. He's cool yeah, with he's, this. He's, he's cool. saying, he's saying, that. It. He's he's saying, saying that. that. But I think KD would check him on that, right? So you need mm-hmm. someone. And that's where, like, if he went to Miami, Jimmy Butler is not going to play that game. And I think, actually, Harden would fit really well with Miami if he played – their style. I don't know, man. But Listen. I think he, but the cult, like I said, there's Miami's really young and you don't want to bring someone in to mess up the flow they have and what they're trying to build. That's why Gian, that's why they're targeting Giannis. Cause Giannis is someone that would fit the system and he's a hard worker. Yeah. He's no drama versus mm-hmm. like someone like Harden may rock the boat. Let me, Portland, let me I was thinking, and you mentioned about teams, mm-hmm. Portland was the team I thought may want to go after James Harden. Let me ask you this, Danny. Is is Dwight Howard a future Hall of Famer? Yes. Is Chris Paul a future Hall of Famer? Yes. Is Russell Westbrook a future Hall of Famer? Yes. Those future Hall of Famers played with James Harden in his system, and they could not get over the hump. Yep. He struggled to get over the hump. And I remember it was his MVP season. He just ran out of gas against the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. And what did he do that night when they lost? Man, he went to the strip club, man. <laughs> he went to the strip club and went ahead and party, allegedly. I just don't see James Harden really functioning anywhere on any team other than it has to be his team so that way he can play his style. Yep. What's going to be really interesting is what the Rockets organization really do. If they decide to play hardball, if James Harden has to play with this current team, mm-hmm. after what I saw last night with James, or excuse me, with uh, John Wall being the point guard yep. and looking 
amazing. I'm trying to figure out how does that even how does James Hart even fit into the equation because mm-hmm. their offense looked in my opinion a whole lot better yeah flow it flowed and i'm like man i don't see how james Harden can even fit in here i like I, I was like i like this houston team a whole lot better than what i've seen in the past few years you have john wall who's going to bring the ball up? who's gonna be the point john wall has, has to be has to be he has to be the point and put james at the two i don't know man this is going to be real interesting to see what happens but please james harden please bucks organization we i don't think we need james harden And now let's get into a little bit of what's happening with Snoop Dogg. So a couple of weeks ago, Snoop Dogg was the host commentator, host announcer at the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight. Immediately following that fight, there's an indication that Snoop Dogg is actually going to partner up with Triller to form their own boxing league called the Fight Club mm-hmm. and where this league will have multiple events throughout the course of a year and Snoop Dogg is going to be a host and announcer commentator etc based upon the success of what we saw in that Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson fight how much money they made there's rumors that Mike Tyson would get 10 million dollars Roy Jones Jr. about three million dollars this is all allegedly so it's going to be interesting to see how this really new league that Snoop Dogg uh, and Triller are partnering up to really create. I think there's going to be so many events like like this in where they're going to make buku dollars. Fans are hungry. Mm-hmm. Fans are hungry for this. And so if there could be content that could be put on TV or pay-per-view TV, they're going to do it. So, yeah, this is going to be really interesting. What are your thoughts? Reading about this one Like you mentioned, it's called the Fight Club, and that's totally separate than the Legends-only league that Tyson's running or working with, too. So they're mutually exclusive, and they're also working with Triller as well. And it sounds like in this Fight Club, they're targeting celebrities and athletes, et cetera, to face off. They're keeping the music between each or performances between each fight. So if they have a card, they're going to have a performance between each, each, each fight like they did during the Tyson Mm-hmm. Legends only league thriller event, pay-per-view event. So capitalizing on the success of what they had that first time around. Mm-hmm. And it'll be predicated on who he brings, who he's able to bring in to fight. Mm-hmm. And do they have the cachet to keep this around? Some of it, Cause I think the Tyson legends only league mm-hmm. can have some legs. Like we talked about because oh, definitely, Definitely. There are a number of older boxers that you want to see or face off that they didn't get to face off back in the day mm-hmm. or rematches, even though they're not going to be the same like they were back in like the 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. like an Evander Tyson thing. But the only thing there is you just get worried because they're older and about health and someone getting knocked out and what it could do damage wise to their body. But this Snoop thing, it'll be very interesting to see. I want to see who he's able to draw like that first pay-per-view event. And then I can make my judgment from there. Because like I said, the last event, I liked the music during the set. Snoop just out there cussing and <laughs> <laughs> free flowing. the weed. Yeah. yeah, just like he's just chilling out there. Just call it a fight that he's watching on TV. Like he's just like mm-hmm. watching it on TV. Very intrigued he, for sure. But here, here's the difference though I see. 
yeah in this partnership my understanding because i didn't know what triller was Driller is actually a competitor of TikTok. Yes. And so when you have multi-millions of fans and and now you're really coupling that with the music or music videos or whatever the case may be in between each fight, that is only adding to the event. Exactly. Uh, and really kind of going into the direct purpose of the platform. I think this is an, an ingenious move because you're going to have eyes on it no matter what. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting, but I, I love the fact that they're thinking outside of the box. I too am interested in knowing how this is going to turn out, but I think this is going to be tremendously huge and it's an ingenious partnership by Triller and also Snoop Dogg. And now we have a very interesting discussion about this upcoming NBA season. There are reports that this would be considered the 75th NBA season, but then we've also seen reports, other reports saying that next season, the 21-22 NBA season would be considered the 75th NBA season. Either way, we're going to go ahead and talk about this upcoming season in a very different light and act like this is going to be the 75th NBA season. To really celebrate, we were trying to figure out how could we really pull this together and really talk about it and celebrate it. We're both NBA fans. We both play uh, basketball way back when. We both love the NBA. We felt compelled to do on our show on our podcast is to talk about the things that we love in this upcoming season. Uh, one of the NBA all-star games, the 2017 NBA all-star game, the, the roots actually introduced the, the teams. So it was a, it was a pre-ceremony event that the roots and also black thought it was absolutely amazing. Tyreek Trotter, AKA black thought was the one who came up with the lyrics and there's one lyric or a few lyrics that he said in that piece that I think would be very, very appropriate for this discussion. And so as they were playing in, about to introduce the team, Tyreek Trotter, a.k.a. Black Thought, this is what he said. We live in a culture that has always been obsessed with one age old question. Who is the best? When was the best ever? Where was the best place? Who's the strongest, the fastest, the prettiest? the most stylistic. What is excellence? What is legendary? I mean, why do we even play? Define eminence. Who are the illustrious that elevated the sport to an art form? What is supremacy? What is greatness? And hearing that, I was like, man, wow. I am so hyped. <laughs> that, is, that is powerful. Mm -hmm. And that was just the beginning. And so as they go throughout the whole piece here, they go through each respective decade of the NBA or and for those of you that have not seen it, I highly recommend it. You can see this out on at NBA history off of Twitter. It was so compelling because as they go through, they have different people introducing the decades. And it was really so cool as they talk about the 50s and 60s that, you know, Bill Russell mm -hmm. came to mind. Right. Tyreek said. That's a compelling argument. That's the foundation. That part is the foundation. Now, they and I, we weren't born. We were even thought of in the 50s and 60s. The only frame of reference we have of Bill Russ are just the highlights that we have seen. But then they go into like the 70s. They call it the era of style. The high stocks and short shorts and the big hair. 
aka the afro and so there is a few names that you know they mentioned in in this musical mm-hmm. and they mentioned a dave Tom- thompson they mentioned a pistol pete they mentioned black jesus earl the pearl monroe they mentioned world be free dr j Iceman, kareem chocolate thunder <laughs> even mentioned the rolls royce of the backcourt i was just like man first of all the nicknames in the 70s yes. was like no other. Yep. And that got me hyped, man. I was like, hey, when you start really to listen to the nicknames, mm-hmm. come on, man. That's the 70s. That was the time where the ABA transitioned into the NBA. So a lot of that style melded together. Like the Dr. J's, the David Thompson's, they came from the ABA into the NBA. So you just have these images and thoughts of, you have Kareem establishing himself as one of the all-time greats during Mm -hmm. that era. Mm -hmm. The ABA brought that flair to the NBA because of all the dunking. And the free flow of the game that the ABA had. Mm-hmm. And once Dr. J and all of them showed up, it changed the NBA holistically because they had just a different athleticism, a different way of playing ball, all these different things coming together during the 70s, which then led into the 80s. Also in that introduction or the musical itself by The Roots, they mentioned that in the 70s, it introduced the alley-oop, the underhand shot, and the slam. That thing is amazing. And then they went into the 80s. They went into the 80s. They called that the superstar era. They even mentioned Showtime, Magic, Bird, Isaiah, Barkley, uh, Dominique, the mailman. They even mentioned Mikhail, but they also mentioned the pick and roll. They mentioned run and gun. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of went into the tail end of the 80s or more so into the 90s with, with Jordan, with Shaq, Elijah Wan, Pippen. They even mentioned Yao Ming, Kobe, AI, Penny, the Dream Team, Duncan, major endorsements. They mentioned how it really evolved to major endorsements. They mentioned defense and offense. But going back to the 80s, you talk about legendary. You talk about, first of all, saving the NBA was Magic and Bird. Mm -hmm. That's why they're so beloved, because they saved the NBA. Just as we just talked about the 70s and everything, man, we cannot forget what Magic and Bird did for the NBA in the 80s. So you had your Lakers, Celtics, Mm -hmm. eventually the Pistons came came on in. You had, you had, I mean, so the Sixers. Yep. Um, And so, yeah, the A's were just amazing, man. First and second grade, I got the basketball digest. I would come home and be so hyped if I see it in the little tray <laughs> at the apartment complex. Yep. <laughs> and that put me on to so many players that people don't even realize right now you can watch every game, any game, because of the ticket and all this. Back in that day, Mm-mm. you didn't get that opportunity. So Mm-mm. when I would see like a Bernard King, and people didn't know a lot about Bernard King, Bernard King could put in buckets. Mm-hmm. My boy yeah, Andrew Tony. Buckets. Andrew Tony. If he wouldn't got hurt and had the he wouldn't have the bad feet, no telling what Andrew Tony played for the Sixers. Defense. Could shoot too. Handle. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Mo Cheeks. Mo Cheeks. Yep. That whole Sixers is yep. the Sixers, Lakers, early Bucks. And you look at that too, and that's where, if you remember, they start doing commercials like the weapons. Yep. Before Jordan got hot, it was Larry Bird, Magic Johnson with those weapons commercials with those Converse. Those Converse, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
it, it, imagine riding that limo out uh, <laughs> out to French Lake. That's and that's where all the dynasties picked up again because the 50s and 60s it was Celtics, Lakers, but then mm. Lakers, Celtics, Pistons at the end of the decade, the introduction of the slam dunk contest again because mm-hmm. back in the ABA they had it. Mm-hmm. And then they brought it back and when Larry Nance was in there with the two basketballs had <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Duncanstein Daryl Griffin from Utah. So it, you just think of all the names, man, and all the memories that got us into basketball and then propelled us into the 90s mm-hmm. where you think of, too, that's where it started getting more and more commercialized. With the, And then the video games started coming out to mm-hmm. introduce some people to more and more of these players and things. And that's where the game kind of slowed down a little bit. And it was rough and tough. And the Jordan rules, like we've mentioned in the past, and Detroit owned it at the beginning. But then Jordan and them took over. Houston had those two back-to-back. And then it was Jordan and team again. The 80s and 90s decades in particular. It was just the jump-off point yep. to propel it to where it is now in the 2000s. And when you really think about the teams that we have now, the systems that we have, you know, back then, Showtime. Like right now, I don't think there's like really a Showtime type system. When you think about what Showtime was really all about, run and gun, grab the rebound, push it up and push it up the floor. Magic runs the show. Mm-hmm. The only team I could see some similarities there would be obviously Golden State, yep. but they were kind of like a similar to maybe the triangle a little bit, but you have two dynamic shooters and clay and stuff. So yeah, it, you know, it'll be really interesting. And I thought about this. It'll be really interesting to see how Jordan would have played in this era with the nutrition, mm-hmm. the facilities. I think he would have given up a little bit of the cigar. playying in this era because when you think about this particular era now just how athletic they are and they were athletic in the 90s now don't get me wrong they were strong in the 90s too (laughs) let's be real jordan didn't go through what he went through for nothing i mean jordan rules all that stuff but it just been would have been interesting to see jordan in this particular era and i think he still would have dominated quite honestly based upon the new rules and stuff like that really hand touching or you know Mm -hmm. hey man hand checks whatever hey jordan went ahead and averaged about 40 and but that's then, even thinking of it that the opposite way putting lebron back in the night back there yeah how would he have played in the and the dig the league was different from two where the centers dominated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even like in the nineties too, I forgot to mention like Shaq, right? Shaq mm-hmm. got introduced to the league, but it was center dominated. Now it's not that way. LeBron, think of him playing against the Knicks or the Heat. Man, please. In the mid nineties. And he's a big dude. So I just think it would have impacted his game or he would have had to play a different way where he can't, yep. he couldn't have played bully ball as much because those dudes were just as big as him. Oh, he definitely couldn't play bully ball. Versus now, man, some of the dudes he goes against, he just bump into them, they fly across the lane. <laughs> Versus that game, is there a lot hand checking. The way they call fouls was totally different. So totally different. Jordan being teleported into the 2020 <laughs> game versus LeBron being teleported back into the 90s. Mm-hmm. Definitely some compelling arguments and how they would react to the game because they're totally different games. Yep. Agreed there. Please go out to, and it's called the roots presents the evolution of greatness. That was again, out of the uh, 2017 NBA all-star game, a phenomenal, phenomenal depiction here of 
of the NBA throughout its history. They did a phenomenal job. And again, mm -hmm. have to get major credit to Tyreek Trotter, a.k.a. Black Thought uh, from The Roots. And one of his final lyrics was, who really is the greatest? None of them are. In chasing ghosts of the past, we give birth to the present. True greatness is not comparison. It's evolution. Without each era, the game wouldn't be elevated to where it is today. And then they all kind of wrap up and say, greatness is simplicity, style, superstar, power. Greatness is here and now. And when he says, when they say greatness is simplicity, kind of going back into the 50s and 60s, yep. style, the 70s, superstar, 80s, mm -hmm. into the 90s, and power, 90s on. These were some excellent lyrics. Got to give him mad props and to the roots. In celebration of the upcoming NBA season, we had to do something. We had to pay homage to the NBA. And again, we have to give major, major credit to the roots who uh, the roots presents the evolution of greatness. So we have to give major props to uh, Tyree Trotter, AKA black thought uh, and the roots family. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love. 